Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Welcome to the Elisa Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Elisa, and today it is Wednesday, September 13th. Today on the pod is my very, very good friend, Michelle Wolf. Ugh, I just love this woman. She is the founder of Move Life Lifestyle and Apparel brand and the host of the amazing podcast, The Move Forward Podcast. And Michelle and I have been friends for a few years. We sort of became COVID buddies. We met at the beginning of the pandemic. We recorded a few podcasts together. Uh, me on her show and her on my show. And yes, we've now done like four or five shows together. And Michelle was one of those people that I met, I chatted with and was immediately like, are we best friends now? (laughs) We clicked. It was amazing. And oof, we've had some pretty epic convos, walking each other through some of the most difficult times, calling each other out, calling each other in, supporting one another and holding space for each other to just show up authentically, right? You know how sometimes you can't fully be yourself in front of friends, you can't say the wrong thing, you need to act and behave in a certain way, even dress a certain way. You know how some friends just like get angry at you for your choices or they shame you or guilt you and they don't mean to do that. It's not like these are bad people people, but they oftentimes misunderstand you and sometimes can cancel you. I mean, that happened firsthand with me. I was canceled for being misunderstood. You know, like when you're struggling and you might not show up the way they want you to. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in holding on to relationships like that, even though it means my circle is getting a little bit smaller. I believe that we all need people who see us and accept us through our darkness and our light. We don't need to put on a show or dress, look and act like everyone else, right? Nor do we have to hide our emotions all the time. It's it's hard to bottle it up and and pretend to be something that you're not, especially in front of your close friends. And Michelle has continued to be that person in my life that I feel safe with. What a gift. She's also a powerhouse entrepreneur. She's very inspirational. And I'm always learning new things from her. We don't live in the same city. So we often have these long, epic conversations over the phone, (laughs) sometimes on FaceTime. And uh, so today we decided to have one of those long, epic convos for the podcast. Now, we cover a ton of interesting things today, including just being an authentic person, having authentic friendships, what that looks like, how it's evolved over the years, how the world has become mindless. Ooh, I love the little segment on that, how we have domesticated mindsets and how those narratives are controlling people in a mindless way. We talk about entrepreneurship, fasting like a girl. Yes, we are both 
fasting for fertility, uh, as well as, you know, what we're up to inside of our businesses. There's a lot of little ins and outs, little golden nuggets to dive into. It's a great pod, and I'm stoked you're here tuning in. Ready to get started? Here's my friend, Michelle Wolf. Hey, Michelle. Hi. I don't know why I want to sing. When I, see I always you. sing when I introduce people. You Alisa, do? welcome. <laughs> How's it going? I am so excited to be talking to you. I haven't recorded a podcast in a really long time. So yeah. here we go. Well, you haven't been on my show in a really long time either. So like, what the hell? It's been since last November. And you're you're actually the guest who has guested on the Elise Unfiltered podcast the most officially right now. Woohoo! Oh, I feel yeah. special. You Let's are special. <laughs> so, so for those of you that don't know, Michelle and I met through podcasting actually like three years ago, four, three, something, 2020. And um, we've become really close friends, but we don't live in the same city. So it's kind of interesting. So I've really seen you <laughs> IRL in like three, four times, maybe. Yeah. I it's can't weird. believe that because we talk every day. Like I, <laughs> if I want to call someone, it's you. I'm like, I need to talk to Elisa because we're on yes. the wavelength right now. Like we've got similar things that we're similar goals and, and things that we're working towards. So it's, I, I love talking to you, but I know same, same Z's, but it just, it, I find it sort of interesting because we always sort of are my definition of like a good friend, a best friend, a close friend is spending time with each other. And I guess we sort of do that, but the, the evolution, I guess, of technology and of, of zoom calls, podcasting, FaceTiming, talking on the phone without a million. I remember when we were kids, like calling someone on a cell phone, like your cell phone cost money, even if it was like your neighbor, you were calling (laughs) and texting was like 10 cents a text. Do you remember that? I do. I do kind of. Rem- I remember the 10, the 10 cents for yeah. texting. That's weird. That's funny. Isn't it weird to think about it because you send I, so many texts. I don't, I wouldn't want to be limited. I know. Like all those people that like send you 40 texts, like with one word and it's like, ah, and your phone goes nuts. Why do people do that? By the way, on that know. topic, just send it all in one big long one. If anybody's listening to this and you've never thought about it before, the ding, 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 ding. Cause I think some people have it on silent. So theirs doesn't ding. But like, if somebody doesn't have it on silent, those dings are really not fun. Just put it in one big text. I know it like creates this like urgency. I feel like someone's dying. Mm-hmm. So I like always check my phone and I'm like, ah, I'll be like in a client call. I'll be like, duh, my phone. I forgot to turn off. Ding, 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 ding. And it's like, hey, what's up? What are you doing later? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> stop. Oh my gosh. First world problem. <laughs> I know it's so true, eh? <laughs> well, yeah. So I think it's really cool that, and I think you, you are probably my first, like, Back in the day when I was skiing, I had a lot of friends that lived across the country and we were like pen pals. We would like write letters. Yes. <laughs> Remember when that was a thing? And it would take forever. And like, you know, like how excited you are when you're like a teenager or even a kid and you get mail. Yes. It's like the best feeling. I would do that with some friends and we would see each other at events and competitions and stuff like that. But now I love, I've redefined 
what close friend is with you. You're like helping me to come out of my, like to redefine it, which is so cool. Me being in my forties and, you know, having a really, really, really close friend that doesn't live in the same city as me. And we've like, our whole entire relationship has been like that. (laughs) It has from the beginning. And I haven't really thought about it. I'm trying to think if I have other friends that are similar like that, but I can't really think offhand, but I think, I think so. But I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's amazing how it's normal now. Like that's not a thing. I think if Mm -hmm. somebody really likes spending time with that friend, that might be hard, but like, I feel like I spend time with you because I tell you about, I know, (laughs) I know, eh? Ah, it's true. (laughs) You make it work. You know, we don't always have the people we want in our current space, but like you can make it work. I think that's Mm. the biggest lesson out of this. It's just like, you know, people always complain about so many things and that is a big thing, right? Not having good friends or not having friends close by or family close by, but like you can make it work. Totally. And I think that, uh, well, my community specifically has been growing in exponential ways. I mean, the, I would say right now out of the five people that I hang out with the most, this is outside of like Michael and my mom, who I see the most. um, I would, I'm going to say 75% of them do know I've, I've, I haven't even met some of them in real life. Yeah. Like those are the people that I, I connect with the deepest. And I love that about the uh, the online community space. There's a lot of negatives, but one of the biggest positives is just like being vulnerable with new people. And like, there's a lot of real people out there that are like, are speaking their authentic truth. And you were one of those people immediately. Like I immediately was like, Ooh, she is not pretending. <laughs> and you know, like you've evolved even in the last three years, like you, you aren't necessarily talking about the same things you were talking about. You're not doing things the same way you're like evolving. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, you can pick out the people that are full of shit so fast right now. <laughs> I think, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I I think that's what drawn me to you. You, you, we, you know, we were having a conversation and you, um, uh, what's the word you didn't agree with something I had said and you called me out on it, but it was, (laughs) you know, I I think, and I think that's a beautiful thing with the right people, Mm -hmm. the right person could do that. And also the way that you did it, it was like in a nice way, like, Hey, do you mind if I share my view? And I was like, sure. Like, (laughs) you know, it's a way to learn. So Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, I'm grateful for it. I I love when you rant back with me. (laughs) I love when you rant back with me too. You're like, listen, lady, (laughs) what the hell are you doing? You know? Okay. So let's actually talk a little bit about some of those things because we're both sort of, um, I I don't want to say new entrepreneurs, but we have evolved how we're entrepreneuring. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been an entrepreneur, but like, but yes, things have elevated and shifted. And I feel like we both were in like, not like, I don't know if you want to call it a block, but like we we both knew that there was something maybe that we weren't doing or that Mm -hmm. we at the level we were wanting to be at. And it was, it was like a lot of learning had to happen in order to jump to that next level or to, to know what we now know. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And I feel like we are both at that space of like, oh, things don't feel right. Like, and kind of frustrated. Whereas yeah. now I feel like we're both like in a groove and understanding the process and maybe not even exactly where we want to be right now, but also like, okay with that. Yes, that's exactly it. It's so, it's super interesting how uncertainty will paralyze you and create this narrative. And, mm. but the, however getting what you want like everyone's like just do just do it <laughs> you can do anything you put your mind to but when your mind's not there and you have and you and you don't know where you're blocked and you don't realize that you're sabotaging yourself because you're you're staying safe and mm. uh i really love this quote it was i i've mentioned it a couple times through my social media in the last little bit Dr. Ellen Langer, she talks about how uncertainty is, we we see uncertainty as the exception, not the rule. However, because everything's always constant, like we, we are, we are taught in absolutes. So if you do this, you'll get X. If you, if you do X, you'll get Y. If you, if you don't do X, you won't get Y. Like this is this one plus one equals two. It's, everything's so certain all the time. This is the fact. This is right. That is wrong. You you have to do this to be a good girl. You have to do this to be successful. You have to do this to make money. And it's Ugh. like, okay, you see all of these people doing that and not really making money. They're doing that and they're not really like fulfilled and feeling successful and feeling like passionate about what they do every day, you know? So, so then you start thinking to yourself, like, well, what are the successful people doing? And you look at the people who are, I don't know, let's compare the average Joe to a billionaire, mm-hmm. a billionaire. Let, let's, let's, let's compare them to a billionaire that doesn't have like, I don't know, generational wealth, <laughs> a self-made billionaire, self-made billionaires don't follow that path of do X and get Y right. they don't. And it's like, okay, they real at some point, they have realized that, you know, I don't want to be like everyone else. Everyone else is doing that and they're staying there. I want to do this. So you talk to billionaires, not, there's not one billionaire on planet earth that has one stream of income, No, you know, like they get a job, pay, yeah. get, like get your pension, that whole lineage of like, go to school, get a job, have kids, buy a house, have a pension. You know, not and one I, billionaire does that. I think of the word safe because growing up, I think that was a big word, like get a safe job, mm, mm, right? If you yes. get a job that gives you pension, then you are safe. You will have mm. that money later on. <laughs> what if you make a lot of money and you set it aside yourself or you invest it in a way where you make way more than you could ever think you could make it? you know, a couple years rather than your entire life. Like there's, yeah. Why, why does it always have to be like, why were we taught that you have to do it this way? I wonder where that came from because maybe it came from the billionaires who wanted all us to not make money. I don't know. (laughs) Well, it was sort of in the, it, it, it was, I, I, okay. This is just, this is, I have no facts behind this. This is just sort of my working theory. My armchair opinion okay. is, is that 
corporations, like big, mm-hmm. big industry. Okay. If you think yep. about, I'm going to use the U S because the U S was, had the strongest economy of all time of the whole world, like in the post, um, world war two, um, even during the, um, what do we call those? The depression, even during the great depression, everything was made in America everything they had such a thriving economy of workers of blue collar workers and industry understood that they right. needed the quote unquote this is my armchair theory this is not like a fact based by fact but I, it makes so much sense to me they needed the mindless yes. worker yes the mindless worker the get up do your freaking job because we need you to do it this way and if you don't do it this way then we're screwed and you're screwed. And it's what the economy needs. It is what it is for the greater good for you to be mindless and go to work. And, and sort of, we started this worker bee sort of mentality. And it's interesting because I don't know, maybe, maybe because of technology and maybe because of how we run business now and with big tech and with AI and all of these new things that are coming up, things will be different. Like Gen Z seems to see things differently. They don't value waking up and going to work and working hard in the same way. Are they wrong? I don't know. It's this interesting evolution. Like, I don't want to say with certainty that the way that the younger generations are doing things is wrong. They see things we don't see, you know? And I think of people who are in that higher power, like those jobs that are, you know, the, um, the VPs and the presidents and the owners yeah, and the way they speak is different. It's a, a very direct, it's very, um, uh, sure of themselves, confidence, and mm-hmm. they're able to, it's almost as if they're really good at sales, right? They're able to sell you what they want you to think or know. And a lot of people, when you hear that you believe them and you listen and you do as you are told. You fall right? in line. Yeah. Fall in line. And so I can see how those big corporations would have those direct people who would convince everyone else to go along with the flow, to not question, to follow mm-hmm. rules, to do that. Da, 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 da. And I do see where there's a piece of that that is necessary. Like I need someone to pick up my garbage. Uh, Totally. Like I need someone to drop off my mail or I need someone to sweep the floors in the stores. Like there's, there's people who we need to do these jobs. And so it's not as if your job is bad or that it's not good enough for you or what you're doing isn't, you know, necessary and important. It's just more so of like, is that really what you want to be doing? And should, or, or, is there another way to do it that's maybe more enjoyable or, you know, it's just like questioning rather than just going along with how everyone's done it in the past. I hear you. And, and some of the mindless work that like I did mindless work when I was growing up, I worked like at a video store. My mom owned a video flicks and I worked at a pizza place. I was answering phones when I was 13. I wanted to make money when I was young. I want my, like I wanted my own money. I, so I would work and working hard and showing up for my shifts and going through the motions of just 
being a responsible kid created a responsible adult. And that's kind of where I think there's a disconnect right now with the younger generations where we're not holding them accountable and responsible and teaching them consequence of not working hard. Now, it doesn't mean that like, because hard work is subjective right now, right? When, when you grow up and everything's sort of done for you and laid out and, and you don't have to think, you just have to do, it is hard work to do, but there's a layer to having to create and having to, um, there's an added layer to, to working through adversity when you don't, when the vibes off, when you don't feel well and you still show up and when, and you, and you need to make the money and you need to make shit happen. And that's kind of what happens in entrepreneurship. Like you wake up every day and you need to work or you won't make money. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And I, and I even know, like looking at my success right now and where I'm like, huh, if I did just these simple few other things, I bet I would be way more successful. I bet my business would be thriving that mm. much more if I did that. It's up to me to make those choices. Now, I also, like you're saying, like I also believe that it's not like hard work, but it's like smart and strategic and planning. And there's pieces of it that like, if I don't show up for that, it's not moving forward. It's not, there's, you know, I'm not going to get the results that I'm hoping for. So, but don't you think realizing that is hard? I think it's hard. I think it's hard work. I think all of it's hard work and it's, it gets easier though, the more you do it. And then you have to realize, oh shit, I'm doing all of this stuff because it's easy and I like it, but that's not making me money. So what are the things that I'm doing that, that are, that I know that are making me money? (laughs) So, and right. and this is where I start to think about like certain of certain people in my life, certain friends in my life who are entrepreneurs and who are doing that, where they are figuring out the way to actually make a lot of money. And I start seeing it put together. Like I start seeing the mm. piece put together and I'm like, whoa, they're doing that. But okay, they're also doing this and they have that cool thing on the side. But all in the background, they have all these people working for them and a main person who oversees all of those people. Mm -hmm. So like now that today she has to go to the hospital with her family, she can do that because all these other businesses and things are working in congruency because they have a they have a um, a working order already. And it's it's like a system. It's a system. She uses the word system. I'm thinking okay. of one particular friend in, in okay, general, cool. my friend Shelby. She's okay. incredible. She just, it, we both met each other at the same time when we were both like starting our entrepreneur journey. She cool. worked for me for a little while. And so I always like, you know, when I'm going through my journey, I think of people like yourself or like her or other entrepreneurs that I really aspire to be or to, you know, to, to look up to. And I just think like, what else are they doing? You know, what else could I be doing to get me to that level? Because I'm interested in earning more money. I'm interested in speaking better. I'm interested in having more connections. You know, I'm interested in having these things that I see other people have. So I'm going to maybe do a little bit more of what they do or, you know, just be more curious about what it is that they're doing. Do you find that you do that as well? Oh my God, more so than ever right now. Like, I 
I've, I've talked about this a lot and I'm going to continue to talk about it because it was, you know, like sometimes you see something that snaps you out of your mindset yep, and creates a door, a window to see the world differently. Yep. It was the quote, and I'm going to say it. I've, I probably have said it in the last five freaking podcasts that I've recorded, okay. but it's, it's the, ri- so I realized that I did not think rich. I did not have an abundance, rich mindset, maybe abundance of like, love and other things. But when it came to the frequency of money and the vibration of, of money coming in, I had a poor man's mindset. And I saw this meme that was give a rich man a thousand dollars. He'll come back with 10,000, give a poor man a thousand dollars and he'll come back with an iPhone phone. <laughs> seen that yes. One. And I, I actually said that at a, a talk I, I did this past weekend and one of the, a, a woman there, she had heard a similar one and it was give a poor man a thousand dollars and he'll come back asking for more. Oh yes. That's true too. Yes. They want more, more, more for nothing. Right. Instead of creating it. Yes. Mm. Give it to me. I am. I, I need you to give it to me. That's a, that it's interesting. So, so as I observe my life and what I value spending versus how I can use my, my own frequency, my own money and create more of it. It's a, it's a really interesting balance. So that's what I'm like observing in the world. It's like, okay, well, what are you, how are you coming back with 10,000? What are you doing to do that? And then literally doing that. And it's the scariest thing ever. It's kind of like the, okay. So the person listening right now who has like a nine to five job or just, a, and has this passion, they want to start a side hustle, but they're not, they think about it. They think about it, it keeps them up at night. They have a million ideas. They want to write a book. They make, um, they write down the title. They know what the chapter names are, but they never sit down and write it. They think about it all the time. They want to do it. They want to do it, but they never find the time. They just, there, mm-hmm. there's a million excuses that comes in, you know, like there's all of these things that we want to do that will, you know, it's almost like a fantasy. It becomes a fantasy in our minds that we think about so much, but we never, ever do it because the doing, the taking the first step, the dipping the toe or whatever, however you want to say it is so overwhelmingly uncomfortable because of the uncertainty of it. You don't know what will happen. Yeah. Right. It's so scary. So yeah, because you, okay. So let's talk about you because move life. It's a year and a bit now old. Yeah. And, and you sort of had that, you had the pipe dream for how long. And so, so, and this is part of your evolution and why I freaking love you. And I love our conversations because what happened, what happened to you? How did you take dip your toe or take the step or what did you do? Sure. And I will say that, that, that tip, took longer to create, but now I'm doing it within the business, doing things that I've never done before. And it's like, like I want to vomit. It's so hard. Okay. Like it's really hard and you have, I I can't wait 10 years. Like I did with choosing to make the decision to start the business. I have to act now. So I literally is like vomiting feelings in my gut. Like Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's get into this. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Can I just clarify that? Is it like you, you want to puke because you're nervous about it? Or is it like your intuition saying, don't do it? 
Because oh, I think there's a my, distinction. My intuition is said, says go hardcore. Yeah. Yes. Do it. Make it happen. Do not wait. Go forward fast. Right. And my gut is like ugh, revolting. Like I have never spent this amount of money in my life. What am I going to do with a mm-hmm. thousand pink bags? <laughs> what if I don't sell them? <laughs> and then my other mind is saying, you will find a way. There's billions of people on this earth. You could collaborate. One event could have 500 people at it and they could buy all of them. You could put them to Amazon. People yep. want to buy them from Amazon. Barbie could do a thing. Halloween is coming. So my mind, my other mind is like, oh, lots of ways. Like, this is great. And you don't have to sell it right away. You could have it for years. Totally fine. This is not something that just, you know, is, is going to go away in a month. You can have this product. That's fine. And so put that money into it and you're going to get back more money, right? It's a part of the business. You need to invest. And yet my other side is like, again, just holding back. Like I am going to barf at the fact (laughs) that I have to buy a thousand pink bags and then I'm going to want to question it. But if I question it, then I'm saying that I did the wrong decision, but I can't do the wrong decision because this is a business. I have to just figure it out. Like it's, Oh yeah. Forth. Woo! It's like a whirlwind. It's like, a, okay. So, so when you were sort of doing your move life podcast, your, your move forward podcast, sorry. Um, yep. and all the other things you were doing, what, how did you, what happened in that space of taking the step one for creating the podcast or for creating no, move? Life, sorry, the active for, work? for active wear, because you active had wear. the move brand, you were already sort of like moving, but you were, you wanted the, the clothing line. Yep. So I always have been obsessed with, with, with like sports and active wear, like literally used to sleep in my active wear every night, like my whole high school career and university, like traveling yeah. university. I'm always in active wear. Love it. Love it. Me too. Um, Love it. So I remember in Australia, I got this shirt. It was blue, a tank top. I never even hardly wore it because I didn't like the way it fit me, but I just thought it was so cool because it was created by this woman in Australia. Her mind is totally passing by right now. I can't think of her name right now, but okay. she has a brand in Australia. And I just thought, that's super cool. This girl has this business. She put a quote on the back of this tank top and I have purchased it. And now I have a piece of this girl who's created this beautiful business. How incredible is that? I wonder, you know, that'd be really cool if I could create one one day. Yes. So the thought came into my head and then it passed out. And I continued traveling the world and drinking my face off and partying and doing all the crazy things that a girl does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, uh, you know, full circle come around, you know, 15, 10, 15, 15 years later, um, probably 10 years later, I started to think about it. So I started, um, my food blog and I used the word move, right? I started the I started the website Move Life and I knew it wasn't meant to be a food blog, but I didn't know anything else. I just, what I knew of online entrepreneurs was food yeah. blogging. I love food and health and wellness. So I was and like- And at that I, time, it was big. It was big. was big. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't my passion. So I did terrible at it. I put it out there and that's about it. <laughs> People loved my recipes. I will say they really- I loved your, I loved that. I think that that- that website was really well curated. It was, it was very, very well done. Very well done. 
I did it all myself. I never hired anybody for that one. Um, but yeah, so it was really fun just like learning and creating and figuring out what I was going to do. I was a massage therapist at the time. And so I started a podcast because I began to love podcasting. And again, it was like, I just constantly knew there was something like there was something that was ahead of me, but I didn't know what it was. So I kept Mm -hmm. just like being curious. So like I said, started the food blog, food blog, started the podcast, um, and just like little things that like kind of took me on this little journey, not little, long, big, huge journey, yeah. because I didn't know what the answer was. I didn't actually know in my head, oh, I'm going to do an active wear line. That's the answer. I didn't know that. I, I, I think I had that like thought of it randomly, but I never actually thought it would be that I would actually go forward and create it until five-ish years ago. And I have a friend who created a cup, uh, a tea company, Cup of Tay. Taylor actually was on your podcast just recently. Yes. One of my best friends, past client. Well, she's a client of mine. Um, and she said to me one, I spend my like new year's with her sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, or a couple of them. And one of them, she said to me, she's like, there better not be another new year's go by. And you haven't started this activewear line yet. And I was like, damn girl there it is (laughs) there it is so I will say I actually did wait a full one more year but the new year's came around and I was like oh my god she told me that last year I can't even believe that I haven't done it yet I'm gonna do it so I started to just look into it I I sent out for a few samples right away literally like new year new year's eve Got those samples, you know, a couple months later, and then it was full tilt, literally from that New Year's. It was full tilt from there. Samples, trying on, sending back, you know, making all of the moves of what I had to do each day. I would do something different. And it it was a really cool process, you know, lots of things that I didn't know yet. I wasn't scared. I was really excited and I enjoyed it. Like I had so much fun. That was not vomiting uncomfortable for me that was like exciting and even Mm -hmm. when I spent my first like 30 grand on product I was like holy crap I'm doing this it was it was you know it took me two days to finally pay it even Mm -hmm. though I had you know decided I was gonna do it. it took me about two days but I did it and I think I had one day of like, oh goodness. And that was yeah. it. And I got the product and I couldn't wait. I was like so excited. I love it. So it's a journey, but it's like, man, once you decide, you just you just go for it and it just feels right. And there was always only yeses. Like I felt I felt good about it. I knew that it was what I needed to do. And so saying yes wasn't uncomfortable. And I and I and again, when I have a feeling of like, oh my God, what did I do? Why did I spend all the money on this? Or what am I, what am I doing? I keep yeah. going back to like, okay, how can I make this fun? And how can I like continue? By the way, you're wearing Move Life right now. And you I know. Look. <laughs> I love this bra. I'm wearing it too, actually, but I'm wearing a sample. (laughs) Oh, it doesn't have the thing. Oh, shoot. Like first sample of this one. So that's cool. (laughs) I just threw it on. So I think it's interesting too, because like the stories that we tell ourselves, you waited a year, you had, you were like, yes, I'm going to pull the, pull the plug this year. I have support. I have a friend. I have like an idea. 
and it's a good one and it's a yes. And, and, and you waited a year. I think it's really interesting because that's what uncertainty does to us. Like we don't know, we, we think we don't know how, and here's the thing. Nobody knows how no one knows how, if you knew how Mm -hmm. there would be, there would be a million people doing what you're doing. And there Mm -hmm. isn't, there are very few people in the world that take a passion and go for it because the idea that we don't know what to do is like so strong. And that's the thing too. Like when I started my podcast, it was yoga girl, you know, uh, what's her name? Really? Yes. Rachel Brayton. Brayton. Her, she has the yoga girl podcast. I think it's our, she, I don't know the brand. And okay. I kind of got into her. I did my yoga teacher training. I was like leaving sport. And I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I was just sort of exploring things and dipping my toe and all a bunch of different things. I taught some yoga classes. I took my YTT and I got into her and she started talking about, um, just life in general. It was, this was in 2017. And I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. <laughs> yes. And yes. I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. And you know what? I had a I thousand that. people tell me that that's stupid and podcasts suck. Oh my God. Yeah. Because in 2017, podcasts were like not popular. Who's going to listen to it? Who do you think's ever going to listen to it? And I was like, I don't know. And I don't really care. Like, I think it's a really cool outlet for me. It's an s- expression. I like to talk with no one in the room, just by myself. <laughs> I like to talk yeah. to one or two people at the same time. Like, and I really actually liked listening to podcasts. So that was my thing. Like I liked it. I don't care if people didn't listen. I liked it to do it. So I decided just to do it. And oh my God, starting your own podcast was not as easy as like <laughs> starting an Instagram where it's like the structure is there and the system is in place. I need I didn't realize I had to like create a website, have a, have it live somewhere, have it hosted somehow, get a certain mic and edit and have a intro and an outro and like just little random things that caught me off guard. And so like I said, yes, and started recording, uh, like planning out what I wanted to do in like the spring of 2017, but my first episode aired in October. So it was like really like five months was five months of like planning and I dropped three episodes and I was like, I'm a podcaster. And I thought like I was the coolest thing ever. And Lisa Uh filter coaching hadn't even been like, I started podcasting, um, before I really had launched my coaching program or even worked with people. And that's just how it evolved. Because I think in taking step one, we create capacity. We realize, oh, this uncertainty starts to feel more certain. It starts to feel more familiar. And we understand that we can work through all of those like harder decisions. Like you said, now it it ends up being fun. And I also want to comment on that because when you step, when you step into uncertainty and you, and you go press go, the fear does dissipate. Mm -hmm. It's like, as soon as you make the decision, the fear dissipates and it becomes fun. 
because you become mindful. You pay attention to your life in a different way. You start organizing your life in a different way because you see things, you, you, you start to see the world. You're not mindless anymore. You're not just going to work, driving the same route, eating the same lunch, coming home, having the same arguments, doing the same, whatever. And you start to see it differently. Oh yeah. And I think when you say yes to things like the side hustle that you've been thinking about forever or the, who cares if it's successful, it will be a, it is a positive thing. It is a thing that you're doing and like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm not going to be totally stupid about it and like spend a million dollars when I don't have a million dollars or like, you know, you know, like if I have a family run away from my family and do what I want, like, you know, I'm, I'm being smart, you know, be smart about your decisions. Yeah. But also, yeah. Following your intuition and choosing to kind of do things your own way is such a powerful thing. And, you know, I always said that I was very free as a child and like did what I wanted and didn't really follow the rules, but looking at it now, I'm like, I felt so many rules that like now I'm like, okay, how can I just be mindful of it more, you know, because it's so, there's so many rules and there's so many things that like we just do. It's like, oh my gosh. Yes. Tell me about it. What, what kind of rules do you do? Do you realize you've been following? What do you mean? I notice it every day. I'm just really a lot more aware of it, of everything. Right. So like, you know, do I, I'm trying to think. You're also a mom and you have to like teach rules now too. And you're probably like learning how to live all over again. I really am. I really am. I'm so I'm, I'm a mom. I'm a stepmom to a 12 year. She's almost 12, um, but full-time mom. And it's so cool, but it's like, there's certain things that I'm saying and doing for her that I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't think that that was right. Like, I don't, that was how I was taught as a kid, but like, that's not actually correct. I should probably watch what I'm saying, the way that I'm explaining, even for like money situations, why aren't we going to get that thing? It's not because I'm not spending my money on that. I don't want to, you know, we're, we be careful with our money or we, we, we don't need to spend money on that. Well, why not? Why am I not spending my money on that? I don't want her to think that it's because we have a lack of money or because I don't spend on her. You know, there's different things that like could go through her head. So like, let's have a conversation about it. Okay. So the reason why I don't spend money on this is because I can tell that it's poorly made. And, And when I value myself and value the way that I feel about money, I buy things that are of value. I buy things that I know are going to last. And so for me to purchase this item, knowing even, yes, it's for you and you want it and that's great, knowing that it's going to break tomorrow doesn't give me a good feeling. And that makes me feel icky and gross about using my money towards that. So am Mm -hmm. I really going to listen to the neighbor that says, oh, just get it, whatever, it's two bucks. No. Why would Mm -hmm. I buy when it's literally going to break and then it's going to go in a landfill and hurt our environment. Like it just makes no sense. So it's just being more mindful of like literally every aspect of my life. And I mean, I don't let it consume myself, but like, it's kind of fun. Just it is fun. Curious. Like of like, where did this thought come from? 
How did I come up with that? Did I come up with that thought or did somebody else? Because most likely somebody else came up with it. Do I want to change that thought? And if so, how am I going to do that? And and yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. Do you find you go through that process of like, yes. Oh, do I have this thought from myself? Can I change this thought? I have been having, it has been really fun for me. I know at the beginning when I started to observe, so like the, I call it intuitive awareness. So when you, when you pay attention to what you're paying attention to, when you start to observe your ideologies, your belief systems, your habits from like a third party observer, (laughs) kind of like, oh, that I am responsible for that. Oh, I am responsible for that. Oh, I am responsible. Like that's kind of how it happened to me. And it was like, oh, I am being really mean to myself. I am really, I judge myself super harshly. I do have a critical voice. And, and so, yeah, observing that at first was really hard. I, because first of all, I had spent so much time asleep to the idea that I can control my mind that I almost like felt like I victimized myself. I was like, I, I I wanted people to feel bad for me (laughs) secretly, like feel bad for me, uh, um, see how hard my life is and help me do it for me. It was all like the, the victim stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like back then I had, I had gained like 85 pounds. I was in an abusive marriage, but those are all things that I said yes to and admitting that or, or, or it was like hit, getting hit with a fucking tidal wave. Like I was like, Whoa, I, I said yes to this. Yeah. Nobody made me do this. I did this. And and it's not it it's not to like criticize those decisions it's just to be aware so that's kind of how i like woke up to those to those thoughts because yep. um because i i and and taking like radical responsibility and taking like, like being radically transparent with myself and building the trust in myself and then like, and over time of realizing like, oh, who's that thought? Like I, I always, um, my mom, my mom's going to listen to this and she's going to be like, oh, you've never said this before, which is true. By the way, I love your mom. Yeah, me too. I don't know her, but like, <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty sure she's purchased move life. And yes. I know of other things she's purchased from wonderful people on your mm-hmm. show. <laughs> And it's so fun <laughs> finding that. I love it. She's so sweet. I know because she like likes to support local and yeah. amazing entrepreneurs. Like she values what she buys and, yep. and it's really important. Yeah. Um, it's so beautiful thing. More people should do that. So my mom had three kids and in the nineties, I don't remember the date. I, I feel I'm going to bot- botch this, but it was like in the early nineties. So I was like 10 between the ages of 10, I'm going to say eight to 14, somewhere around though, those years of my life, she had okay. to have her gallbladder out. Okay? okay. And back then it wasn't like laparoscopic. It wasn't like two little holes. It was like a giant five inch, like massive incision right in on her stomach. Like you can see it. It's just like, you can, you could see it. And I think 
that it made her self-conscious. Okay. Now, as it would. And at the time too, like she was about to go through a massive divorce with my dad and like, think like she's 40, she's a single mom. She's, you know, got this giant scar on her stomach. And I remember getting ready in the bathroom with her or, or or we were kind of like a naked family. We weren't kind of, we were a hundred percent a naked family. So we would walk around naked all the time. Like um, I was not. And I had a friend who was, and I was like, what is this? (laughs) It like opened my eyes to every, it was amazing. Anyway, so I love that you were good. Yeah, Like mom, dad, kids, like we, we were naked all the time. My brother and I showered together till we were like, even in puberty, I think like it's really, it was just faster because you can't, it was faster because we wanted to like get ready super fast so we could watch cartoons before school. And so if I had to go, then he had to, eventually we, we did, we stopped that. But, um, anyways, I would get ready and hear the things my mom would say about her scar, about, she would talk about the scar and she would talk about how, how, you know, crazy it looked and and she would kind of criticize herself and she would say she would talk about the imperfections and at the time I kind of felt bad for her like I was like oh you know like it's not that bad mom no one notices it (laughs) it's like fucking six inches yeah and I would try to like comfort her or say things but I was a kid I don't know I was just saying things but then as I grew up and I started looking at myself in the mirror and saying the same things, I realized I most likely learned those things from my mom. Sure. I, I know sure. that I did. And she likely learned them from her mom or for absolutely. Like that. That's how we learn these things. That's how we learn. So, so it's yeah, not the voice. Attention. Yes. So the voice isn't your voice. It is yeah. at, at some point been taught to you when you're a baby, when you come out of the womb, you don't know English. You don't know a single word. You are taught to it through repetition. You are taught to it from authority figures. You are taught to it from culture, from religion. You don't have a say as how you are programmed to run. You do not have a say of what your default mindset is. You, Mm -hmm. your mindset is created when you're a kid. It's no one's fault. Everyone's sort of programmed. We don't need to blame who programmed us. Nope. We don't need to do that. We need to wake up to the fact that the things that we think, the things that we believe are not necessarily true. They are what has been programmed and passed down. It's like the same, like this, can I tell another story? I've been talking a lot. I love your stories. Um, So this morning, um, there's a Russell Brandt, uh, whether you love him or hate him, um, real (laughs) <laughs> and, and and he talks about um now I'm not a religious person anymore I used to be a diehard catholic and I'm no longer that however he was speaking about how the last thing that Jesus said before he died was forgive them father for they not know what they do and he was interpreting that and he was interpreting it through different religious ideologies of the same lesson about how they are asleep. They are not awake. They do not know what they, what they're doing. They're, yep. they're living in program. That's kind of that. That's what I took from the real and the comment section was 
um, thousands of Christians, of Catholics saying that Jesus is the only one. You can't compare to the Buddha. You can't compare to other gods because God, Jesus is the only one. And it, and it's really funny because I commented and I was like, it's amazing how many people are certain that, that this is the certainty. This is the, they, they, they are, this is the program speaking. This is their, how they feel safe. And I was like, so many egos in this comment section. And I was like, because when you are certain, when you know, when you think, you know, that is mindlessness. You are running in the program. You are running in the program. So I, I, I actually commented Russell I, I, on Russell Brandt's thing. I was like, uh, excuse me, Russell, or they not know what they do. <laughs> it was really funny. And it's, it's like blowing up. People are like freaking out on my comment because it's true. It's super mindless. The second you become certain, I'm right. You're wrong. You are mindless. You are not thinking critically. You are not curious, as you said. So it's interesting. Um, um, so, how, yeah. Uh, as you're saying that. this, it's bringing back some memories. When I was younger, I used to go to church. My mom was a teacher in our Sunday school. I remember little things, even like praying, like I would close my eyes. They say, push bow your head, close your eyes, cross, like fold your hands. And I, my eyes would water. I have really, really blue light eyes and they're very sensitive and I would have teary eyes a lot. So as soon as I would close my eyes, I would literally be watering, like water would be coming out of my eyes. And I'm like, it's so uncomfortable. Like, do I really have to do this? You know? And she'd say like, no, you pray how you want to pray. You can keep your eyes open. That's completely fine. You can stand up if you want to stand up. You can do whatever feels good for you. As long as you are concentrating and praying like in a way that Mm -hmm. feels good for you. But I also, throughout the years, um, I had went to all of the courses and classes that you do. Mm-hmm. I was I was Lutheran. And I got an award when I was in grade eight for the best all round. I don't know what they called it, but it was like, in other words, like the best all round student at church of like, yep. the, you know, I went yep. to the most amount of church, like church and class. You won and- the church award. <laughs> sure, I won the church award. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing up to get the award and laughing in my head, being like, they have no idea. I don't believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> this is so wild. <laughs> I can, and, and I, and I will come back and say, it's not necessarily that I don't believe in God. I was very curious. Mm-hmm. I questioned everything, but in my mind. Okay. And so this is where I want to talk about this. Yeah. I think a lot of people are so um, scared to question things because they're worried of what people would say. And I was that. I never openly told people, like, I, I don't believe in God. This isn't, I never did until I was in my teenage years, I should say. I was I was older when I started to. Right. But I, I would question it in my head and I was curious of like, but like, really? Like they would like separate water? Like, or people walked on water? Or like that person was healed just by that. Like, you know, I was very questionable of, is this really true? Like, does mm-hmm. this really make sense in my mind? As I got older, I realized, you know, these are stories that help us understand and help us learn and help us, you know, understand what they're trying to explain and to believe a certain thing. Um, so there, there's value in that. But 
I remember just thinking like, okay, there is a beautiful, a beautiful piece to the puzzle of not necessarily always using my mouth to, to be curious, to say I'm curious, to, to like, why do I have to get value from someone else? Why can't I just know in my body that this isn't real? Yeah. And that I can know here in my soul what I know. I don't have to have validation from anyone else. I can just know it here. And I don't know the exact answer of what I'm even thinking yet. So like, what if I just continue to be curious? And I remember thinking like, I don't know that I believe in God, but I don't know that I, um, you know, want to make a choice. I kind of want to just like figure this out. Like, what does this mean? Or, or like, what, what can I learn through like even traveling? I remember thinking like, I should go to like different countries. Mm-hmm. I should meet different people from different cultures. Mm-hmm. And I should maybe like, just ask them some questions. Like I remember thinking that, which is why I literally traveled the second I could, I was 18 and I moved to Spain, lived with a different country or lived with a different family. And I, and I began my journey of just like being curious of like what other people were thinking and doing. And, you know, I, I've, I've, I've continued to do that, but I just, I think so many people are easy to like jump out on people and talk to them and tell them what they should or shouldn't do. Like you're saying, like responding in a way of like, I'm so certain this is this way. Yeah. But like, what, like, what if we just had the open mindset of like, what if just a possibility, what if there was another way, what if we could have this conversation and like, just talk about the possibility you know, that, you know, maybe it was a different thing or whatever, you know? And, and I just think, why do people like, why do we have to be so certain? Like, you're well, saying- that's the thing, like, like mindful, it sounds like you are very mind. You've been mindful from this, like from a very young age where you're questioning things that don't really make sense. And yeah. it's not to say that someone's wrong. It's just to, it's, it's almost like, yes. And Yes, this is the way you see it. And I'd like to explore a, something else, right? Yeah. It's it's where the mindset, so in intuitive awareness, when to be mindful, there's two ways to start doing that. And one of the ways is to start seeing things n- in new ways, to observe the way that you've always done things and start to pick out new things in the mundane. So when you wake up, you get out of bed, Every single person I guarantee can probably walk from the bed to the bathroom. They do their bathroom in the same way. They brush their teeth in the same pattern. They take a shower and they probably wash their bodies and their hair and their face or whatever in the same order. It probably, um, they go and turn the coffee on in the same way, you know, like you're going through the, the day and you don't realize that every step you take, every action you make is a choice. You are choosing to do this because you're automated. We're like, robots and our brain does that to save time and energy but being mindful is to is to think about that observe yourself going through that see how can i change this up how what's new what it, what can i what can i create that's new maybe it's driving a different way like if you drove a different way to work you all of a sudden immediately start paying attention in a different yep. way right do sometimes I'll get to a a place like work and I'll be like whoa I didn't I don't I don't even know if I paid attention that whole thing like I just like how did I get here 
how did I get here? How did I get here? <laughs> yeah. It's the same as, have you ever read a book, but read it again? Okay. Yes. And you pick up new things in that book. Totally. Or like read it again. It's like what you learned from the first time you could only take in what you could take in. Yes. And then you now know more. You've, you've learned yeah, something. You're a different person when you read it again. Exactly. So you read it again and you take in something else and you're like, whoa, I can't believe I didn't get that from that last time. But like, that is way, really amazing. It's like, we don't yeah, know. I love that example. No, until we know it. Right. So it's like, why can't I just know in my head that I don't know everything, that I am meant to learn something from this experience. And that if I pay attention or ask some questions or, you know, listen and listen again, Mm-hmm. that I might learn something new. Like maybe let's just have that possibility out there. It's so true. That's like the second thing to practice intuitive awareness is to adopt the mindset of insert uncertainty as the, as the rule and not the exception. Love it. And, and so you're always sort of like, it doesn't mean that you're not going all in on something at all. Like you're not, making a full body you you can make a full body yes decision and be mindful about it at the same time it's not like it's but it's also seeing the world not so black and white all the time right or wrong because as soon as we know when as soon as we know our mind shuts off i was really studying this woman dr ellen langer i mentioned her already i guess i have to credit this story to her um and I, i i made a post about it yesterday actually which is the whole one plus one equals two. So we learn that one plus one equals two and everybody thinks one plus one equals two. And, and yes, uh, I could ask a thousand people. I could do a pop quiz on the streets tomorrow. And I bet you a hundred percent of the people will say it's two, right? One plus one equals two. And people yes. get annoyed even with that question. Cause they're like a two-year-old can freaking answer that. Everybody knows it's black and white. It's easy. It's math. This is the facts. These are facts. This is certain. It's it's two. One plus one is two. <laughs> so this is how Ellen Langer describes it. And she says, well, what if you took one cloud? What's one cloud plus one cloud? What's one pile of laundry plus one pile of laundry? Okay. And right there, when she said that, in that moment, I became mindful. I was like, I started thinking it makes you think, right? Yes. Oh, well, one plus one in one plus one in that situation is one, one cloud plus one cloud is, is one cloud. cloud. You put it together. <laughs> yeah. One pile of laundry plus one pile of laundry is one pile of laundry, but it's bigger, but it's like one. So, so my, so the point is, is that, oh yes, my God. <laughs> yeah. And man-made, men-made numbers, one, two, three, four, five. And we made, exactly. We created an agreement that this equals that. If you do X, then you'll get Y. And the world isn't always that like that. that. That, That is why you can have two women, us, for example, well, we're kind of maybe, maybe not us, but we, us, two women around the same age, educated, have an equal economic uh, um, status or, or, or upbringing, uh, healthy move, do all the things. And one could be successful and the other couldn't. 
Why do you think that is with people with the same opportunity growing up in the same thing? And one, one is way more successful than the other. We're, you and I are kind of, uh, we, this is a bad example for you and me because I feel yeah. like we're sort of on a very similar trajectory here, but that, how often does that happen? Often. So often you can start at the same time. And in five years, one person is a multimillionaire and the other person isn't. Why is that? The reason, and again, this is my armchair freaking, is because we have a fixed idea. Our mindset is fixed. We think we know who we are and what we need and how we do things. It's fixed. And as soon as we know, we stop thinking. One plus one equals two. I know that. That's fact. I'm not going to think about it ever again. And you become mindless about it. And you don't realize that you've adopted this mindless mindset. And that's why success, super successful people, in my opinion, have figured out they are curious. They have figured Mm -hmm. out that the world isn't the way we've been taught. And it's constantly evolving. The only thing that's certain in life is change. It's the only absolute is change. We are constantly changing. So if you're not changing and we don't even see, and that's the thing with mindfulness, like, like, uh, mind mindfulness coaches oftentimes say like, be present, live in the present moment, pay attention. I say it too. Like pay attention to what you're paying attention to. I say it all the time. Say, be the observer, the silent observer of the mind. But when people aren't there, they don't know that they're not there. Yeah. They don't quite get that. They don't get it because their mind is fixed and they are technically mindless. They are not thinking critically about who they are because to think critically might mean that they need to take responsibility for something that they may have been choosing. This is what happened to me when I woke up and I was like, wow, look what I have chosen for myself. And it makes you want to barf and it makes you want to cry. And I, then you have a choice. So I, at the beginning, like I said, chose to be the victim. And, and I remember this one night, all my family was over. It's like around Christmas and I got blackout drunk and I screamed at my family about how shitty my life was and how no one cares and no one loves me and no one's helping me. And I think that was like a real low point for me. I I still think about that. And I'm like, oh God, that poor version of Elisa. And you learned that from mm-hmm. certain family members that maybe do yes. that as well. Absolutely. And television and what's acceptable. Absolutely. And neighbors and, and friends. And, yeah. Past yeah. people in your life, which you likely allowed into your life and drew into your life. So, so, you know, when we started this conversation, we were talking about how you, you, we were talking about the podcast part where you said that when you started the podcast, you had a lot of people who told you that you shouldn't do that. Yeah. So a thought came to my mind and I want to share it now. This is a perfect time to share. I never had that. I never had anybody tell me that that was a bad idea. Do you know why? Why? Why would it be that you had a whole bunch of people and I did not? I don't know. I think it could be a complicated answer. I would say that I had surrounded myself with people that made me small. You certainly did. And your confidence within yourself. Okay. So 
coming into it and coming into anything that I do, I have the confidence in knowing that it's my choice. And mm-hmm. everyone around me can feel that energy. Like the vibration that I put out mm-hmm. is a knowing that what I am doing is my choice and that what you say doesn't change anything about mm-hmm. me. All right. Yeah. You are welcome to say your opinion. That does not affect me though. Whereas you in the space that you were in previously, I want to say that that has changed now, but the yeah. previous Elisa who once was would take that person's advice or words and it would impact you it would hurt you and that vibration that you put out there was who you were only attracting and so you only attracted more and a lot of those people I get people all this time who are like you must get conversations of people messaging you and like you know naysayers bad comments I'm like no you yeah. go ahead and you look at my feet. You are not going to find maybe one, maybe one. During yeah. the whole time that we had the pandemic um, hoopla going on, and I was sharing openly about mm-hmm. how I did not agree with what was going on and how I I said question, question yeah. everything, question what's happening, question what they're telling you to do, question it. I remember... I had one aunt who opened up her mouth and said something to me. And I said, she said, you must have people who are saying this as well. Like other people must be telling you that you you should be mindful about what you're putting out there and that you shouldn't be saying this and this is wrong and da, 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 da. And I said, you obviously don't know me. This is an aunt that doesn't know me very well. Like she's, I've never seen her in 20 years. And I said, you clearly don't know who I am or what I am about. No, I don't have anyone else that is coming on here and telling me not to say this because they know not to. The energy I put out there is a very confident energy of knowing who I, who I am. And it's, and it's funny because you, you're not openly saying like, Oh, tell me how you feel. And like, you know, say these things to me. It's just like a, it's like a vibration or like an energy. And Mm -hmm. I'd love to know if you continue to get those feelings or continue to have people like that in your life that are telling you, no, don't do that. Or you won't be good at it. Or do you, do you feel like there's been a shift in your life? Yes. And it's not, it wasn't like an obvious thing. Yeah. Like, um, really good example is the people that I hung out with when I was married. So my ex-husband was not a nice person, but I was attracted to him because my idea of what love was, was lying, manipulating, cheating. That's sort of what I learned from father figures, from people growing up. Actually, I was, I was thinking about this on my walk the other day. There was a bully in school. His name was Anthony and he made my life a living hell for like three years. He was such a little prick and I shouldn't really judge him, but he. No, right. Because we don't know what his upbringing was. So we, we don't sent know what him I, love. We yes. sent him love, but also he gave you a story to share right now. So like, yeah, <laughs> I might have right? even no shared judgment. this story. I, may I don't have, have even... judgment on anyone because you've been taught from somebody yeah. else or whatever. Yeah. And so here we go. Sending you love. <laughs> so I learned that 
because he would bully me and what my parents would say and what a lot of women would say is because he likes you. That he likes you. Have, did you get that too? Can we did you ever get, get that? Of that? If you, I know. Oh, absolutely. I heard that. And I have said it many oh, really? times in my past when I was younger. Yeah. Oh, he's doing it because he likes you. Ooh, this is fun. Like he likes, he has a crush on you because he's being mean to you. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the back of my mind, that is part of my foundation of love. Like what I think love is and it's subconscious and it's deep inside me. So when someone, when a man was treating me like shit, I liked yep. that. I was attracted yep. to that. Oh, that means he likes me. So I went there. And so with Ken, it's just like, um, I, oh, I shouldn't have said his name, but whatever. Who cares? I never really it. said it. Bleep. <laughs> I'm not going to bleep it. We don't bleep anymore. We're authentic. <laughs> Again, we give him love. It's not. We give him love. There's no judgment. It's just, it's, yeah. Yes. It's but when I, when I think about the people that I hung out with back then, I am, I am not in communication with anyone. Yep. None of those people. However, they did, this sounds really like maybe privileged or like um, insensitive, but they served a purpose for me. They helped me to wake up. Like every person that comes in and out of your life is a teacher if you allow them to be. And yeah. they were teachers. And to say goodbye to them or to no longer hold a connection with them, it's, it's, it's because I am no longer vibing at that. And it took a long time for me to realize. So it was like a slow drip to sort of change. And, and, and again, of course, like I reconnected with my childhood friends because I, I like when, when you marry a narcissist, they pull you away from your, from your people. Right. So I, I, I sort of was isolated from, from my friends and, um, my family a little bit. And I obviously I was traveling a lot for work because I was, I was coaching at that time. I had finished competing, um, competitively for Canada. So I was like traveling the world and, and mostly Canada coaching. Um, but yeah, so they have a very, very, very smooth operator system of, of, of separating you from your friends, from the people that you are choosing. And they sort of put you with, their people because they can control those people and everyone's sort of controlled. So that's kind of how it was. And I didn't just let them all go. I, it took me some time because I was like, Oh, my friends. Oh, they love. And I just, mm. I need my friends. And I was realizing like, those people aren't my friends. They're not there for me. And, and I still, I still had the program. Like I'll give them another chance. I'll be, uh, maybe if I show them how great I am, they will like me. Maybe they'll invite me because I'm, I'm going to show them how cool I am and how easy I am and all of the things that I would say. And I, I did that forever because I, yeah, because I believed that to be loved, I needed to prove something. Like I had to, um, that love wasn't given freely. It was always conditional. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's what you knew. That's, that's what that I knew. knew then. Yeah. So even and friends now, you know, different. And well, so, mm -hmm. right. And it's a journey still to get out of those habits and, and, and all that, but now you know it, so you can see it and do something about it. 
And it's really interesting because the outside world looking in, they saw me, they were like, wow, she's a Canadian athlete. She's so yeah. fit. She has it all. She gets to tour the world. She's at her game, you know, like, meanwhile, I had this program running. I was seeing the world with this mindset, with this lens. And I was in, I was suffering. I was not happy. I was shitty at life. That's what I used to call myself a Sal shitty at life. It was like a freaking word that we said. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? No, but it makes me so grossed out. I hate that expression. <laughs> yeah. I there, just, I was, I was always a very positive person. So the yeah. thought of that, I would have, I would have told you to shut up and smack <laughs> you across the face and wake up. Yeah. Wake and up, girl. That's and I would have called you a bitch back then. And now I would call you like my savior. I'd be like, thanks, bud. <laughs> you know, because my mindset has changed. Well, I know. Sorry, yeah. there's a reason why I didn't know you then. <laughs> it's true. And it's it's so true. It's so true. People come and like just just being curious about the friends that have come and gone and the ones that you really try to hold on to, like the deterioration of something. You're and you're you're hooking them in because you need them to see your worth so that you can mm -hmm. feel superior. It's really interesting. And then that's a mindset. Like that's a program. I honestly believe that like there are so many mindsets. There's so many hats that we put on and pretend to be like and so when you're when you're wearing your mom hat, you're operating on the program that you learned as what's a mom. And it's cool yeah. that you're being curious about that because you're like, oh, why did I say that? You know, like that's cool. But then then you put on your like entrepreneur hat, you put on your chef's hat, you put on your taxi cab hat. We we have so many mindsets that we just like switch into in two seconds. And we just start operating on that program. Oh, when I'm here, I need to behave like this. When I'm at a fine dining restaurant, I need to behave different than when I'm at Tim Hortons. Like you have, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. We went to an event this past weekend and uh -huh. all, you know, it was set up as fine dining and Sarah's never really seen all the forks, all the, you know, all of, <laughs> all of it. And she's like, why do I need five forks? Ah, ah. and I'm like you just work your way in yeah but that makes no sense like what she just like was so curious like what um yeah and it and it and that's the thing you don't know and and I was like I was like outraged almost at times where I was like sit up straight like <sighs> let, put the food in your mouth and chew it with your mouth closed use your knife like a little things in my head were like Oh my God. I was so told this as a child. Like I, we had to, we had to do things very well, like sitting at our dinner table and my mom taught us to be very particular, but I think it's been the extreme with my daughter. Like she's, I mean, I, I, I never had her for the first, you know, quite a few years of her life. And that was where a lot of those little things mm. come play of like, sit up straight or like chew with your mouth closed. Cause that's disgusting. If you don't, <laughs> Yeah, but like it's usually just common sense I thought but it's no apparently you got to be taught that um and I was I was almost mad there was that point where I was almost like oh my god smarten up but then I was like you know what I'm at a table with her grandparents with her father everybody who's raised her so it's on them 
And I just let it go. I was like, I I will help you, but yet I'm not going to judge the moment and we'll talk about it later. (laughs) That's hilarious. And very true. And, and like, so that's like a, a good way for you to disconnect from not disconnect, but to let go, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I try also, that's another thing that I want to say with all of this is like trying not to be so in control and to Mm. get upset about the moment. Whereas rather than just being that curious, like having that curiosity and trying to figure, figure it out as you go without the judgment. So, Mm -hmm. you know, even with conversations with my partner, we don't fight anymore. That's all we used to do is fight, but we don't fight anymore. We don't fight anymore because we both chose we, that wasn't our highest self. It wasn't how we wanted to show up. I don't want to yell. I don't want to be pissed off. I don't want to hate you. I don't want to be mad at you. I want to have a conversation. I want to talk it through. I want to, you know, tell you how I feel if something isn't the way that I want it. But like, okay, so let me ask you this. Yeah. How do you like, do you not experience anger and frustration? And if so, how do you get rid of that? I love that. What's your outlet? Um, outlet. Okay. So like expressing that I have anger, I, I, and I may, I, I can be stern, but I'm not going to scream at him. Right. Um, I really love to go fast. So like, if I need to like do something, I'll go for a rollerblade and I'll just like go real fast. So like that kind of thing, yeah. like I will let my Ooh. energy out. I yeah. love the, de- I love the, the, um, the, description of that. Like you like to go fast. That's a really specific description. And how do you go fast? And I'm like, how does she go fast? Like in a car on a rollerblade? Mm. Perfect. And I see you rollerblading all the time. Love it. Yep. And like little things like I can do edges really well, or like the way that I like cross my feet over. Cause I was a figure skater. So yeah. like figure skater, then ringette and hockey player. So like being able to do edges and go real fast, I also feel super cool. And so like when I'm out there, I'm like, <laughs> I feel cool. If somebody sees this, I'm rad. And yeah. I never think like that, but like in a moment when I'm pissed, I'm like, yeah, damn, I'm good. You know, like it just like that gives me satisfaction, but I will be very like when it comes to like our conversations, I will like state the point. And I'll, I, so something happened yesterday. I'll give you, give you this example. So super wild. So Neil and I aren't married, aren't engaged. Um, I find it weird saying boyfriend, common law. Sure. We live together. I don't know. Yeah. We just never used the words like to express ourselves we never really had to say what we are so yesterday we're at emerge i was with him i've been taking care of him for three days just you know just had to go like the in emergency for- room like the, the emergency, emergency room yeah hospital mm-hmm. thought maybe it was a blood clot okay so it wasn't thank goodness it was a virus and i was pretty sure it was but just had to be certain okay, okay. so we go in And they say, what is your marital status? So because the marital part, I think, confused him, he immediately said widowed. Okay. So he stated what he was in the past, not recognizing that I am standing beside him, that we have been together for a long time. Okay. Yeah. A very long time. A decade. A decade. (laughs) And so that's kind of confusing to me of wondering why he would all of a sudden bring that up other than to be the victim. Okay. And so immediately 
ultimately I kind of just, so I'm rather than being like, you dick, you know, I'm just joking around with the lady, the receptionist. I'm like, he's clearly delirious. Yeah. You know, she's like, let me guess common law. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. For a long time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And so later we were just having the conversation. I didn't bring it up. You know, he's sick, whatever. I didn't like make it an issue until the conversation came up. And I just said, you know, that doesn't really make me feel very good. And I'd love for you to just like, think about it for a second. You know, we've been together for a very long time. And I would really strongly prefer that you don't think about the past as where you are. I said, you know, in this moment, what is your relationship? Mm-hmm. What, where are you in your relationship? And he's just yeah, like, well, yeah. you know, when I do my texts or whatever, you know, in the past, I've had to put like, you know, check the box. And I'm like, I totally get that. You're not sure what to call us. He's like, what do I call us? And I'm like, well, you can, you know, and I, and I, we talked about it and I said, but I would really, really appreciate that in the future, you don't resort back to your past and feeling like as a victim, whereas we focus on where we're at and who we are. Like, And how did he receive that? Out. Oh, he felt so bad. His head went down. He literally like was just like, oh my God, this girl is with me and she's taking care of me. Like, I know he felt bad. Like I could sense it. Yeah. And I get where it came from. Cause like the actual word of like, what do we say? Like boyfriend and girlfriend, like that doesn't make any I know. sense. Either, right. It's weird. I call him my husband just cause it's easier. Um, but anyways, I just like, it was one of those situations where like, I'm not going to blow up on you. I'm not going to make you feel any worse than you already are. Like you're in the emergency yeah. But I just looked at him and I said, and he wanted to like shake my hand and be like, I apologize. And I said, you know, I just need a minute, but I'd really like you to just think about that. Yeah. Think about that and how it actually made me feel, you know? And then it was good because I got a minute to think about it. He got a minute to think about it. And I knew that it didn't feel good for him. And that felt good for me knowing that I kind of hurt him a bit. <laughs> really? Oh my God. I can't imagine that for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta let you know you gotta you gotta be accountable for what you say and you gotta you gotta you gotta pull it up yeah. you know yeah. and and I don't think that there will ever be that mistake again and also I think that it's a a way for someone to um be grateful for you and really think about it like oh right like this girl's pretty bomb like I should be so grateful to have her I should like and I always say I'm like shout it from the rooftops like I want to shout it to the from the rooftops that I love yeah. you. Know? like mm-hmm. you should want to feel that way do you feel that way you know like just think about it for a second I think we go through life without thinking we I'm do like, totally we don't even about. know exactly this is, an, if, this is another experience yeah. are you even thinking about how you love that person or what like no we just pass by each day but what if you just thought about it like how do I really feel about this person well you might not like what you think and you might want to make a different choice or you might love what you think. And like, again, want to make a different choice, you know, treat them even better because you love them so unconditionally amazingly, like, or like want to go to therapy to make it even better. Like, that's what I did. I went to therapy for myself because I wanted my relationship to be better. And I knew I had to work on me. And what happened? Our fucking relationship was, is amazing now because I went to therapy because I am healing me, my past traumas, my issues. That's like, the thing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Not that's that. So good. I know we talk about this, you know, all my stories. <laughs> no, yeah. But I, it, I, it, you know, it's funny because, you know, when they say we need to normalize these conversations, I, I understand that statement. I understand why people say we need to normalize whatever. I just think we need to hear it. 
we need to hear this shit over and over again because we've heard it one way or we've seen it one way through Hollywood, through like stories, through like um, whatever, that this is the way it is. And so we don't realize that that our beliefs are formed through repetition. We're, mm. we're, we're, it's through repetition. So we need to hear these types of conversations happening in different ways because no, they're not the same. No, not everybody has had that exact thing happen to them, but the feeling's the same. The, yeah. the feeling of like, you don't see me is the same. And that hurt me is the same. So we need to hear it because it, it happens all the time. And we need to learn how, like, how other people are equipping themselves, how they're learning who they are, how they're standing in their truth, how they're showing up in their relationships and, and having conversations versus like yelling, because you did have a choice there. You could have, you could have made a big deal out of it. And you know what I'm going to, I'm going to share something that did happen. There was a couple, another couple that was in there and they, at one point they were in a room and the girl comes storming out screaming. And she's like, you are really rude. You are really rude. And I hope that you understand that you're rude and you better think about that. You're rude. I'm leaving in this moment because you're just so rude. And he was not rude the whole time. He was literally like dying. Like he was like a sweaty mess going back and forth, vomiting. Like he clearly oh, said shit. something that off but like and then he she even like stomped out of there like like a like loud and crazy and like said to the doctor like that man in there he's rude like she made a scene i could have done that <laughs> yes i've done that but i chose not to and i will say another thing elisa is there's a piece of forgiveness that happens when you do show up as your authentic self and not as that like crazy person. Like right. when you show up in like the person that you want to be, you're genuinely sharing how you feel and they can take it in, in a different way without feeling like violated and interrogated and, and, you know, like taken advantage of, like they, they can take it in, in a different, at a different level when you're having yeah. a conversation like that. And so like the forgiveness I feel like is better because I know he's getting it. Mm -hmm. I know he won't make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. I know he values me because he understands the way that I came across. But what if he did do it again? Well, then we'd have a problem. <laughs> well, I just like, I see the, <laughs> I see the woman in the, that had a, the hairy fit. It's, it's interesting because going back to the mindlessness and the mindfulness, like that is a mindless reaction. So she had a wound that came up and she blamed it on him instead of taking a breath <clears throat> and having a conversation about it and, you know, trying to understand why he said what he did because but she was mindless. So she wasn't being mindful. She wasn't curious. She didn't want to have the conversation. She wanted him to feel bad and him to be wrong and her right. And yeah. there's a difference between like having an emotion and discussing it, like feeling it and, and having your spouse understand what's happening in your body because you're having this reaction versus blaming them for it. There's yep. mindful and there's mindless. And that, that, right. that's a perfect example of both. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. And if your partner, um, if you do try to change up the way that you have that conversation and they do do it again, or they are a bad person, well, then they're not supposed to be in your life. And that will, trend, <laughs> that will, you know, dissolve in a different way. But like, I know him, we've grown together. I yeah. know he learns from this conversation and this way yes. that I show him. And so I trust that he gets it and, and he will. And, yeah, yeah. and, and so I can literally forgive him and never think about it again. It doesn't hurt my feelings that he said that today. And it was literally just yesterday, 24 hours ago. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I get where he was coming from. I understand the story and I've moved on and that will never come up again. You know, it's just, it's yes. a, 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 and again, is- mindful because mindless people would talk, think about it when they fell asleep, they'd wake up, they'd hold a grudge. They might not Ugh. pack the cookie in the lunch. They might give the tuna sandwich instead, the gross things, the shitty leftovers. Fuck you. I'm just going to give you these little fuck yous until yep. I feel better about myself yep. and, and how, yeah. And I used to do that. I used to do that. But now today, if I made him lunch, I would have sent him with a a love note. What I do every morning. Absolutely. Not a problem. I would, I would absolutely do that. The story is gone. Like the story is literally to share now as an example. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Beautiful lesson. I think the fighting thing's interesting too. Like the not fighting. Like I, I, I don't Michael and I fight sometimes we we have had, we have hurt each other deeply, mm-hmm. deeply. Well, you know, I remember, I, I I don't remember what we were talking about, but I remember calling you. I was outside in the parking lot of an IDA. I just had to like leave the house and I was like sitting in the parking lot. We talked for like two hours and, and, and it's like so interesting when we are mindless. Cause I was mindless at that moment I was reacting. I was creating story. I was stressing about what might be as opposed to asking questions and talking about it, talking it out, understanding where he came from. I've had, we've had a few epic, um, hurt hurting. However, it's interesting. Like the, the difference between the fights I would have, like with my ex-husband or previous boyfriends, it would, it would be like this posturing. It's like who trying to be superior and make the other person inferior all the time. It was like posturing. Whereas now it's more like I'm really freaking hurt and I need to like figure, I need to, I need introspection here. I, and I know that I know at some level, even in reaction, when I'm mindless, that it, it's not him. He didn't hurt me. No, he didn't hurt me. No, I'm, I am hurting myself and just with that sort of underlying, that's a mindset. Yeah, that is a mindset, and it takes practice and repetition to to start to master. Am I mastering it? I don't fucking know. Like, I go mindless often. I react. I get pissed. I send the, the really rude text. I I say shit you that I don't so. mean. Um, I think I would be incorrect to say that I never do that. Yeah, because I I do it. Yeah. Um. It's few and far between. I sense it immediately. I take responsibility for it a lot faster. Um, like Can even I give with- you my advice on it? Yeah, do. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So first off, no shame. Like if you are in that space or if that feels good for you, whatever, yeah. that's where you're at and that's fine. So no judgment, no shame. For 
when I was going through some of that, I, I mean, it was years of that. I just finally got to a place where I just said, you know, this, this doesn't serve me. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make me feel good when I act this way. And it doesn't make me feel good when you act to me this way. And so I need to change it because if we don't change it, like, I don't want to be with you. This it doesn't yeah. feel anymore. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. So this is why I went to therapy, trauma therapy. And so what I, what I learned from that is that we all have our past traumas, which you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. And so knowing that somebody else has, you know, had this issue or is being triggered from past issues or past ways that we have been um, programmed. And so what if we just open up the idea that we look at them as if they have had that trauma and where did that come from or where did it come from, from their family lineage, right? Like back in the past. They have a program too. And also understanding where I'm coming (laughs) at too. If I'm acting this way, then Mm -hmm. like, clearly this came from somewhere. So like, I'm going to have some grace on myself knowing that like, this isn't just me. This is like something I've been taught. Um, And so for me, it was like paying attention to that and like actually talking it through. Like, I wonder where you learned this from. Like, I wonder why you said that or why you're acting this way and where, what trauma has triggered you to act this way? Where did that come from? And sometimes we can look back in the past of like, holy crap, maybe you don't like when I touch you from this area because like you were hit as a kid, or maybe you were spoken down to from that asshole neighbor that you had or whatever it was. Yeah. Allows you to have some grace for the person and then not get so triggered yourself because it's not your problem. It's their problem. Mm -hmm. It is their problem. It's their problem. They're the ones who went through this, their trauma, and they need to heal that. But like, if you can both kind of like talk it out together through that, I found that for us, it was like, we were able to better understand like where we were both like coming from where, where those triggers were coming from. And then we didn't have the judgment anymore. Like it doesn't, if he goes, like, he won't even make the comments anymore because we've almost already worked it out of why he was acting that way. So now he doesn't act that way. Or like, if he's about to, it's like, I almost like, I'll call him on it and just be like, hey, do you recognize that maybe that's like coming up and that doesn't lead to something good? So let's like pull back here and like talk about this, you know, rather than like, well, you're so annoying, slam the door, (laughs) trigger him. That's going to trigger him because that's a big bad noise, right? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's um it's it's continual and if you're curious about it, it will it will it will get better. It's just knowing it can get better. Oh my god. I just like anybody listening and you're like, "Ah, I just like I can't live like this anymore." I'm telling you, I was there. We used to scream and yell like crazy. And I just Yes, and you just have to ha- like be able to have the conversation. That's the yeah. thing like Talk how do you know like, and conversation means listening actively and responding. It's not posturing. I think there's a distinction that needs, it's not who's right because no. you're both right and you're yeah. both wrong at the same time. One plus one doesn't equal two all the time. You're not certain all the time. Like you have to be able to have those discussions and see the different point of view because you have a mindset, they have a mindset. And and so relationships, when they come to an end, I believe when a relationship comes to an end, there is just no 
there's there's a shift in the mindset that's incompatible and and both can't agree. That's however, people can be in a position where they talk about it and start to grow up together and grow together and and um or like with Michael and I when I met him he was already on a journey and he was already figuring out who he was and asking questions and not like he was in a different place than anyone else I'd ever dated. So when I, like, I was attracted to that, my yeah. vibration had lifted. So I pulled him into my, I pulled him in. He's a high viber, you Yay. know? Yeah. I love that. I love that you recognize that. Oh yeah. Like I, I've said this before. I like, I saw him and I was like, you're my person. I felt like I never in my life agreed with love at first sight because everyone's like, it's lust, it's chemical. I was like, no, I didn't even fucking talk to him. I was like, I could feel his vibes. And I was like, yes. And, and people often say that he walks into a room and they're like, I like him immediately. They like, I I think that about friends. Yeah. Cool. And and I actually, I didn't feel that about Neil at first only because like his physical, like he's very short and I only was looking at tall people, but like, honestly, mm-hmm. as soon as like I got to know him, I was like, oh man, this guy's super cool. That's <laughs> But you guys have shifted your vibe. Like you were younger. You were like, you were, yeah, you were in a different place than you are now. Yeah. Like twenties, I was dating losers. Well, like, he was. He was a loser? <laughs> oh, he was a dick. Were you a loser? He was a dick. No, I was the coolest person around. What are you talking about? <laughs> I like you know I was what? a loser. He, he was super cool. He was just he was just a dick. That's all. Okay. And he knows it. Yeah. But okay. he's not anymore. Like not even a little bit. He's amazing. Yeah. 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 That's a wicked example of like how a relationship can grow up together. Like Michael and I broke up and we didn't get back to, we didn't get back together. We went forward together. We weren't going yes. in this, like yes. we were going back to what it was when we got back together. Like when we started dating again, rather it was, we had so many hard conversations. We started to peel the layers and show up as we are. And we got to make decisions of what we want in our lives. And are they, you know, cause yep. he's totally different than me. He loves shit that I would never do. He like, he's, he's a, a, he's a companion. He's a partner. We don't compete. We're not competing. And I love that. We were talking about that last night, like how little we keep score in comparative to previous relationships. You know, like when you keep score, like I unloaded the dishwasher 17 times today and you didn't once, mm-hmm. you know, like, and you throw out the score at your partner, try to get them to behave, like to control them. <laughs> it's like, yep. um, we, cause he was massaging my feet. We had this like massager that we use sometimes on our feet and it, it's a 10 minute cycle. So we'll do 10 minutes on one foot and 10 minutes on the other. And it shuts off at 10 minutes and then we switch. And, um, he, I went first, like he did me first and then I did him second. And he was like, I don't want another cycle. Like he was, he wanted me to keep going. And he's like, I did you four times last Thursday. <laughs> he pulled it out. You just keep score. He's like, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was weird he called it, you yeah he was i'm like yeah weird he was just like really you just like, ask for more you don't just have to say 
that I did more the other day. But I mean, did it work? Did it work? Well, honestly, like, yeah, I'm like, honestly, you're pressing a button and just holding a thing on someone's foot. It's like not like strenuous, like neck deep, like tissue (laughs) massaging. It's like you're with the the whole thing. We're watching TV on the couch, like whatever we we oftentimes do like, he's done like three cycles on each foot. He's done like four hours on me before. Who cares? Like we don't keep scoring. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. That's cool. Oh, anyway, I'm, I'm like looking at the time. I'm like, holy shit, dude. We've been chatting for a long time. I gotta I tell you that on- this helped me because I'm fasting right now. And so this has helped me, but now I'm hungry and I want to go eat. So oh, you're fat. Oh, you, oh, are you, what, how, what's your fast? Okay. We need to talk about this because you sure. and I have been fasting yeah. like a girl. Yep. We have been fasting oh. like a girl, changing my life. I do not feel so bloated and nasty. <laughs> be, oh, and I'm okay. super healthy. You know that I'm super I, healthy. Totally. I have a question for you. Are you staying suit okay so basically we're um fasting like a girl there's a book and it's by cindy uh mindy mindy Pel- mindy pets pels yeah i love her she's my newest like voice of reason and mm-hmm. because uh i was like anti-intermittent fasting yep. because i've done it before and it, it didn't work and she and it's part of diet culture and everyone talks about intermittent fasting and the, to make a long story short, she really dis, di, discerns how all the studies for intermittent fasting were done on men who don't have a cycle, who don't have varying hormones, who don't have estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone running through the bodies at any given point. And she really, um, has like a cycle. So it's like a 30 day cycle or the, the length of your period. So if you, have a 26 day cycle, then you do it for 26 days. And if you do it for 30 or 35 or whatever, like it doesn't matter. It's just very individual, but she has a protocol. Now, my question to you is, are you following the protocol a hundred percent or do you miss it? Yeah. So I would say 95 ish percent. However, the in-between months, because I'm not getting my period always, Mm -hmm. um, and that's just certain health concerns that I'm going through. Hence the reason why I'm doing the fasting and it has actually brought my period back, Back. which is incredible. Like that. So you're balancing your hormones. Balancing my hormones is literally what I'm doing. And, and, and it's, and it's, um, there's so many health benefits to it. Um, but the gut health and the balancing of the hormones are my two reasons of why I really wanted to do it. And I did the 30 day reset just because I didn't have a specific day starting for my period. Um, Mm -hmm. so I did the 30 day reset and then it brought it on five days, five weeks in, um, and then I've followed since that day, I did another protocol, but then I haven't because you're at the end of a protocol that I'm on, I'm on infertility, the, in the fertility, infertility one. Yeah. That's what I'm doing too. So the thing with that is you're supposed to not fast at the end, right? Because yes. when we have certain hormones, we need to not fast, right? Yes. That is part of whole fasting like a girl. And so I not fast, but then I didn't get my period. So then I just kept going for the last week. So I'm like, shoot, it's been like a week and a half. I probably should have just started again. Yeah. Sure enough, I got an email from my naturopath who I've informed her that I've been fasting like a girl and she very much supports me for that. And she's like, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, if you don't get your period, continue fasting as if you did get it and it would likely ah. bring it. 
like oh, like shit. like at 30 days like or something <laughs> yeah. like go to 30 days and then to start it again okay. yeah so I was like perfect today I'm just gonna start it as if today is my first day of my cycle and I will continue on from there and then each month I will just continue doing that and it should keep it consistent after I after I am consistent it should keep it consistent as well so I'll keep you posted next time with chat so I'm on month four of the fasting like a girl infertility so there's like a one month like month one month two I don't feel good on the month one I okay. think that 24 hour fast and yeah. 24 hour fast seems crazy I thought it but I, I thought it was I like that I I like it now too. Cause I've, yeah. I did a 24 hour fast like last weekend and yeah. I ate like brunch basically. And then I didn't eat again until the next day at brunch. Yep. yep. So that's 24 hours. I was thinking in my head, 24 hours is I can't eat for the whole day. So I'd eat at night, wait a uh, whole day in the morning, uh, which is 36 hours, which I'm going to actually try to do. Um, what I think I might do, I really like eating brunch. It gives me a lot of, cause I work out and it gives me good energy. So I think I'm going to eat brunch and then eat at dinner, like extend the 24. And I think I'm going to do a 24 every month Yes, because the 24 is such a big reset. And I, in, in the timing of when you do it, yes, which is at the beginning of your cycle, don't, don't, we're not giving you medical advice, by the way, if you're listening and to this don't, like, and don't yeah. just follow like this, you need the actual protocol. Cause it's different for everybody. Every, yes. Every yes. single person and your story and what you're like, where you are in your life. Like every yes. woman is different. Read the book, follow the, yes. follow the information, the book, because there are some dietary restrictions sometimes, but it's not, you don't feel limited because it's super short windows and you'll feel awesome. Like I started feeling great. I mean, for women that don't have a period that are perimenopausal or menopausal, there's a specific protocol for you. There's specific protocols for everyone's a little bit different. Like, like Michelle just said, but I, um, every time I do, I've done the 24 hour fast, something changes and I feel more alive. I am so much less bloated, but I'm also cutting out like seed oils too. So a lot of I'm, I'm, they just sprayed our fields with glyphosate, all the soybean fields that are down the, uh-huh. just, they're all the leaves are starting to turn now. They're uh-huh. like getting crusty. Love that. I grew up on a farm. So I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, we have one of those big sprayers. It's, it's, it's beautiful, but it's uh, not healthy for us. And no. I, um, oh, what was I going to say? Shoot. Oh, I recently heard about how that 24 hour fast, I can't remember at what hour it is, whether it's like after 17 or which hour it is, but it's 17 after 17, there's, um, it will actually start to kill off and remove like parasites. Oh, yeah. Every, yes, it's the autophagy. You're right. But what also happens is in that gut bacteria, the bad bacteria starts to like kind of go away, but it's not being fed. Those, those parasites are not being fed what they want. So they leave, they get out of you. They literally get out of your, uh, through your lymph nodes, through your urine, through your, I'm they just like the- die off. 
they get out of you. I don't know if they die or whether they get out. I can't remember what they said. I, I again, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. I want to look in. They. I also heard 24 hours. It helps to reset your dopamine pathways. So, like, you know how you like reach for the ice cream and it gives you like the best yeah. feeling ever, or whatever it is for you. Like, we we search for hits of dopamine and we just unconsciously do it. And all of a sudden we've eaten the entire bag of chips or the entire thing of whatever. After 24 hours, she says that because this might have, this might be linked to the parasite thing too. Listen to us. We're like scientists right now. Like we are so smart. We know everything. Figuring it out. And I'm not saying I'm right, (laughs) but I love being curious about it. Me too. Me freaking too. And I feel so I'm at the part of my fa- my cycle. I'm on day like 16. Okay. So I've, ov- I've ovulated yeah. and I, I, I start to feel shitty this week. And this morning, yeah. like I'm, I feel like I'm in luteal. Like, I feel like I'm in luteal all the way. I'm in luteal for like f- 15, 14 days, like forever. It feels like I'm in luteal for like 10 days, always. Like as soon right. as I like, my ovulation phase, I feel is like three days. It's very short. I feel powerful and mighty. And I know that's the only time that we have testosterone, which I didn't know. I thought, I thought women had testosterone or levels of testosterone their whole, the whole month. So did I. It's only for five days during your ovulation. Testosterone helps you to like build the strength to like pop out the egg. So interesting. Did you see, like, there's a graph in the book somewhere. It's, oh, you, you're listening to the audio book, but I bought the book because you did. I was like, I wanted the graphs. Yes. The graphs. They're like freaking. Yeah. There's, it shows you like the levels. I'm like, I am 42. And I didn't know that. Like, what else do I not know? This is just it. We can always learn more. And it's, I remember thinking when I was younger, there's just so much to learn. It's so hard. And like, what do I know is right or wrong? Just follow your gut intuition. And like, for instance, if you're hearing this and like, this sounds like appealing, try fasting like a girl, like just see how it feels. I felt so bloated before I did this. And then it was like, bam, like, and, and you're right about like the inner, the energy and like feeling good. I agree with you. I have such clarity. My mind is working better. My muscles stronger. Like things are just, my whole body is working better. And it's because of following when and why to take it. Like sometimes it's 13 hours, sometimes it's 17, sometimes it's 24, but it all depends on like the hormones, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's nothing. It's like eat 24 seven if you want. 24 (laughs) seven. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you eat in the middle of the night, whatever. Although that's not so great for you. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) I just think it's cool to be curious about trying that. And I love that. It took me a couple months. You were talking about it. It took me a couple months to try it. And then eventually I was just like, yeah, I'll try it. Why not? Like, why not try this? No, why and not? Amazing. Mm-hmm. It's been so good. And and I think that they'll only continue to find more because like you said, like all the other um, tests and things were done on men and now they're doing them on women because we have such varied hormones. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot to be learned, I think, with this, like literally clear, like I believe, like for like cancer treatments, I truly believe. Did you see the cancer protocol? I I did see it. Yeah, I did see it. And I know 
with Neil, with just recently having that flu, we, I had him fast. I said, listen, this is one of the best things you can do is fast because your body will eliminate that's much quicker. I guarantee you it helped him. I guarantee it. If if he were to have like, like, have you ever, I know I'm totally like rambling and you yeah, go. love it. No, no, no. Love <laughs> I've it. I had a time where I, um, I got the flu and it was right after like always like Christmas or something like that, where you eat a, a shit ton yeah. of food and a lot of sweets. And I'm and like, toxic I, garbage. Sure. If I didn't eat that, if my body would have eliminated that, that virus rather than making me feel like junk. Like I, I bet I would have been able to fight that virus rather than giving myself all that food to digest and the the sugar load. So that might, it spiked my insulin. Like my body just had to like freaking survive off just the food I gave it, let alone the virus that was in my body. And that, that's, that really is a, a tribute to your mindfulness, I think, because you, over time, you're observing you're testing, you're tweaking, and you don't know. You're not stuck. Oh, this works. So I'm going to keep doing that even when it doesn't work. And I'm going to battle battle the, the ideas I'm lo- I was loyal to once and that helped me once for the rest of my life and be like, why my, why isn't this working when a diet works? And then you're like, I'm going to lose 20 pounds again. You do the same diet and it doesn't work. And you're like, well, I did everything the same. It's like, no, you actually had a like, you're a different person. You're there's different things in our food. The environment's different. Your stress levels are different. You're everything's different. You're not the same. So it's not. So what mindful people do is they question that and they observe that, you know, they're not, they don't know. As soon as you know, you become mindless. It's Mm -hmm. so interesting. So as we're like, as you're talking about this, I love how you have become, like your own CEO of your health. You're, you're like your own MD of your health and you're always trying new things. You're always trying new things. And that's something that I got stagnant with for a while. And then right before COVID, I had this fucking other wake up call because I was just doing things all the same. And I was working out and I was running and I was doing marathons and Ironmans and I loved it. And I was doing all the things that I love to do. And I was eating super healthy and I was binge drinking sometimes, but it wasn't that bad. And I'd take three months off drinking and then I'd have a bottle of wine by myself in the dark and smoke a cigarette and like, just do, you know, just indulge and just have the balance and all that crap. And then I turned 40 and I gained 20 pounds. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? I am active. I am eating super well. I'm doing all the things. And I blamed COVID like the COVID 20 and the stress of COVID, but you know what? It was my hormones. I turned 40 and that's what got me into this Mindy person, which snapped me out of my mindset, which made me mindful. Oh my God, it's not COVID. It's my hormones. And just addressing it has, or like, I feel like I was, I stopped having, you know, like when you get your period and you feel super skinny for like a week after Mm -hmm. I stopped having that. I didn't have that for like four or five years. Yep. And I didn't, I was so mindless. I wasn't in tuned with that anymore. I was just kind of, you know, I was, I wasn't worried about my weight. I wasn't whatever. Like I was doing, I was, my attention was not in that space. And then I realized it like recently, right before I started fasting like a girl. And now after it took me two months of fasting, like a girl, and I'm already, I feel thin again. I have those like, 
I have that feeling of like a release. I I know like, it's just, it's wild. It's wild. It's, it's, it's wild <laughs> and amazing. And yes, being curious is key. When you said that word curiosity, I'm like, oh my God, like my mom died of cancer. And I remember thinking like, she's healthy. She moves her mm. body. She like, I remember thinking these things like we eat pretty good. I mean, we didn't back then, but like we, th we thought we did, we did better yeah. than a lot of people. We didn't eat boxed foods. Like we, we, you know, she'd make the potatoes and meat and carrots yeah. and whatever. But I just remember thinking like, I can figure this out. Like I'm, I'm, this isn't going to happen to me. And like, I'm going to figure out why this happened. Cause this doesn't make any sense. Like, I was just so curious. Yeah. Like why, why her? She's like a nice person, like helpful. Like I just, it didn't make sense. So anyways, I'm always curious, girl. I am curious to continue to learn and evolve and to just feel good. I just want to feel good. And when I was not feeling good, like I remember I told you, I was like, I just feel bloated all the time. Like, I don't know yeah. what's going on, but like, I got to figure this out because I don't, I don't want to feel like garbage. I need to feel yeah. good. If you I want to feel be good vibing at my highest self to like, yes, invite people like you into my life and like invite opportunities and to have a yes. successful business. I need to be thriving. I need to feel, I need to feel at my optimal level. Like I need to feel amazing. So I'm yes. going to do whatever possible to figure it out. Clapping. <laughs> um, I couldn't hear your clapping. Just so you know, it's sim similar thing. What? When I to, no, I can't hear you clapping. Do you can't hear that. No. What? Watch. Okay, I'm gonna try clapping. Watch. Okay. What the frick? Zoom, Zoom gets rid of that. It's like it recognize. Can you hear this? My snap. Oh, I heard it a tiny bit. Can you hear mine? Okay. No. Can't hear it. So I think it recognizes its voice and not other vi like not other not other vibrations. It can't hear my vibration. Oh my god! Okay, so right before we press play, like record on this, um, Michelle took a sound bowl and did like a gong, and I was like, "That's weird." I couldn't hear the sound. You know, like a sound bowl, like that you do sound healing with. She has one, and she sm smashed it, and I'm sure she could feel the vibration through her whole body. Whole and body. I heard nothing, and I was like, "What the freaking shit!" Look at us. We're figuring stuff it's out. Science. Zoom is smart though. Well done, Zoom. Because that gets out all of the other like sounds around yes. us. That's why other sounds. Except for, do you get, um, I get sirens. I hear sirens. I, odd, I don't get a lot of sirens that are loud around here. Okay. But um, like my guests, like I'll hear the siren through there. Yeah. Mm. I don't, I, I think, I think the odd time I've heard weird things, but not a lot. It's pretty mm. high tech over here. Yeah, look Zoom. at us. Look at us. <laughs> okay, friend. <laughs> I can't wait to see you at MYM conference this weekend. By the way, you guys, um, we're recording this on a Tuesday. It comes out on Wednesday. And on Friday, we're flying to Vink or Calgary. And we're driving to Kananaskis to the M Monetize Your Mind business conference. Let's just talk about that for like two seconds. Okay. Fine, but then I'm going to eat because I yeah, want to eat. Okay. See, I love eating. Food is yeah, good. I love eating too. We have all this talk about food and I'm like, I hope you people know that like, yes, I 24 hour fast. Sure. But I love food and I eat a lot of food and it's so good <laughs> and I have no problems with it. Yes. 
<laughs> well, I can't wait to eat a meal with you because we never see each other. And I, we're, the next time we see each other in person, it's going to be in Calgary and we're going to drive into the mountains and we're going to have this crazy, awesome experience. You're selling your move life stuff there. I'm the virtual host for the virtual conference. And we're just going to meet so many amazing people and have the best freaking time. And I'm going to meet some of my like good high vibing friends for the first time in real life there. And yeah. Like there's so many things and I can't wait to tell everybody about it. So if you don't follow Michelle or me on Instagram, you better do it now because we're going to be broadcasting our freaking yes. our choices. Come for all the high, high vibes. vibes. I'll high vibing. All the high vibes. And if yes. you want some of that, get in on it. Yes. Follow Join along. the community. Let's the go. Community. <laughs> I love when you say that. Let's go. Let's go. Pumped. I'm like, Woo, what else can I do? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, friend, go eat. Thank you so much for this convo. That was freaking epic. You're epic. I love you. Like, I love you too. A rights. Blessed to have you in my life. Okay, well, I'll see you soon, friend. Peace. Okay, I'm over here giving you a big virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Elisa Unfiltered podcast. If you haven't done so yet, I'd love for you to share the love and head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify and give this show a five-star rating. I'll give you bonus points for leaving a written review. And if you're looking for more, head over to elisaunfilteredcoaching.com for show notes and all the links to all things Elisa Unfiltered. Have a great day, everyone. Until next time. <laughs>